and we're back here uh, tech casting with OpEx. This is Rich Nowak, your host, and I'm super excited today. It's a big day here at OpEx World Headquarters in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have our Hyperscaler event, um, our education series, and we've got three phenomenal uh, groups in town in Raleigh, and they've traveled from all over the country, so we're very appreciative. And we're going over to the Ingram Collection later today, which is uh, one of the world's finest private Porsche collections. And Beyond seeing really, really cool fast cars, we're going to have a really cool conversation around the state of hyperscalers. And I'm happy to have uh, our first guest around this, Dave McCall, who's director of QTS Technology Office. It's a big title. It's a big title. I've noticed now twice you've looked at me and said big. <laughs> I sure hope this isn't where this... Why is the skinny people always looking at us big people? <laughs> That's what comes to mind. We, we, no, we did not That's have a big title. That. That's large. That's... <laughs> you, you know, you, you got a big personality, you got a big title and a big uh, job, and, you know, QTS is up to big things. Yeah, we are. So, anyway, Dave, we appreciate you being on the podcast. I know pleasure. this is probably a lifelong dream of yours. I can now check it off the bucket list, yeah, for I mean, sure. It's, you know. Number 11. I'm sure it's up there getting an interview with, uh, you know, some of the best in the industry. But, no, in all seriousness, though, we are we are thankful you came into town and appreciate your time. And Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. We survey our clients and... One of the biggest things they want to talk about is hyperscalers. Sure. Um, and, you know, everything that's going on. And, and it's funny, they have a hard time keeping up with everything that's going on, which lends itself to what you guys are doing at QTS. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, we could spend hours. We'll, we'll keep this uh, hopefully somewhat focused. But QTS has went through a lot of shifts here lately. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can give us a quick overview of kind of the shift to QTS, and, and it relates to, the, obviously, the hyperscaler conversation. Sure. You know, in a nutshell, what all organizations have to do from time to time is focus on what's our core competencies, what's the marketplace doing, how do we participate in it. We're no different. Um, and so we just looked at our portfolio of services, over time, we had a num- you know, uh, some products that um, we were okay at. Our customer service ratings were very, very high. Um, but we realized that that was not an area that you know, is going to create the best return for us, for our shareholders, and create the best long-term satisfaction for our customers. So we made some uh, adjustments. Um, but we're still in the hybrid private cloud. We're still in the managed services business. We're still in, and we think we're excellent at those. And um, uh, we're also in the um, uh, hyperscale data center business. So we do everything from hosting the hyperscalers to providing uh, managed services in the cloud and in the hybrid space. So it's just been tuned, I would say. Yeah, well, it's good. It's a good shift. So the one thing that, um, you know, we're big fans of QTS. I have clients who use them. I love your Richmond data center. Yeah. Uh, one of the nicer data centers I've ever had the pleasure of touring. But the cool thing and we've been talking about is, uh, I don't know if you guys invented or coined this, but the software-defined data center. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of cool, and you guys are unique in that sense. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about sure. that. You know, um, so I'm going to land there, but I'm going to start a little bit further up the stream. Okay. Um, you, you alluded to it in the beginning, uh, which is the complexity and the disruption, and these are all big words. Yeah. Hyperscale. Yeah. We run around and say hyperscale. Lots of buzzwords. That's lots of buzzwords. <clears throat> but could you imagine being a CIO or a CTO in this world Hard. and having to figure out where on earth do I invest my time? Where do I invest my talent? 
what you know, it used to be in, in the world of IT, you had a how many year plan, a five year plan. Here's our five year plan. And who has a five year plan anymore? You may have a five year hypothesis. You got a three year theory, but you got an 18 month plan yeah. um, and you got to staff for it and manage it, et cetera. And so um, in our world, what we realized um, cutting through a lot of the hype is that in particular in data centers or in really any in industry, um, there's so much data. You know, the new frontier, it's not so new, but the new frontier is data. Mm -hmm. There is not an idea that lives in somebody's safe anymore. The ideas of the world are in a data center, either in a cloud or in a colocation cabinet or something. And so there's so much data, what's valuable, what's not valuable. And in our world, what we decided to do, and um, we would argue that we're in the forefront of this, is first digitize everything. Yeah. Not just the low-hanging fruit of my electrical infrastructure and my mechanical infrastructure, but everything. Everything from security, um, my, my own IT infrastructure, anything that we could digitize, which is to say, kind of in the world of Internet of Things, take that connection and bring it aggregated into, um, my CTO says a data lake. And we keep trying to tell him, <laughs> they generally don't like the lakes and data centers, but aggregate it down, right, into a federated uh, database yeah. infrastructure, um, analyze it, automate it, and react to it. Not just the critical infrastructure. Um, and then we put a wrapper around that, we put a portal, we created APIs, um, we know that our customers, large or small. You guys did this all pretty much in-house. Almost not all in-house. We yeah. have, there may be a, um, we, actually we like to partner up. So if there's something that's open that we can use and modify, right. but it's in pretty industry standard stuff. Right. But it's the work that you've got to go do to do that, to execute on digitizing everything. And then we're moving into how do I digitize my, um, you know, all that alarming that I'm getting. So that if I want to go do training, what should all of my engineers be trained on? Because I only have a so much amount of time. Well, what's 95% of our call tickets about? Yeah. So I can apply AI and machine learning, right? So you'll hear these terms all the time, machine learning, AI, deep learning, neural networks, blah, 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 blah. But how do you actually put them to work for you? Yeah. You can't just lean your AI, uh, you know, uh, pad a paper up against a problem and it solves it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's when we talk about software-defined uh, data center, it is all of that. It's digitizing the data center, bringing it in to a portal, giving our customers access to it in the way that they want it. They want access on their phone. They want access on the portal. In any way they want to interact with this, um, add augmented reality, virtual reality. I mean, these are all, this is where the world's going. Yeah. And we, you know, it's been argued that if in the next three to five years, you are not automated in this way, you will not be commercially viable, and we completely agree with that. Yeah, the, uh, and to, to that point, the other day I was on a demo of your new platform with a client or a, a prospect, essentially for you guys, client of OpExes. And, um, you know, it was funny because, I mean, I worked <clears> at a data center provider, and, you know, we used to have to get calls all the time of, you know, I need a power audit. And it was a manual process. Yeah. And it was that Excel spreadsheet. And, you know, they were showing us, obviously, just simple things like that, which is, again, simple but the fact how automated that is, um, it was really cool. And even that little simple thing, which you think should have been done years ago, was a differentiator to this client yeah. uh, about, oh, man, I can go in and see real time my power. And, and here's the genius behind that, even more than that. So if you've been in this business 
it doesn't matter if it's data center, IT, whatever, you deployed it some time ago, what do you think the chances are is that that data is inaccurate, right? Just because it's showing it on the portal, is that really where that branch circuit went to? Is that really that OS deployment? Is that really that patch level? Well, what if you have a machine running underneath it? Yeah. It's faster, faster than a human, bringing human intel to it, that's evaluating that and constantly doing a check. Is this data physically accurate? Is it deployed like that? So first, it's accuracy. It enhances your accuracy exponentially. So now I'm much more efficient as a provider and can pass that efficiencies on. You're much more accurate. You actually have real intel and, it's, and you've got it real time. Yeah. But then the next thing is, how do I continue to get more efficient? Do you, you know, when we talk about the hyperscalers of public cloud, one of the single biggest concerns, we'll talk about that more tonight, yeah. is that on average, I don't want to get this wrong, I think it's about 35% of their spend is waste. Oh, yeah. They don't know what they've got. Yep. They've forgotten. Somebody spun something up and forgot to turn it down. Well, part of our tool set is that health check that's constantly going on. But we apply it not just to the cloud, but to our data center. It's optimizing in real time. Absolutely. Which reduces waste. Right. And other than the military and other than a, the, the government, some government agency, data centers consume more power yeah. and more resources than anybody else, at least in North America. And so it behooves me to make sure my utilities, you know, I'm managing those, um, whether it's electrical or whatever, my compute utilities, right. my network right. utility. Um, and if you're not sophisticated and moving in that path, by the time 5G gets here and the wave that's coming from autonomous and all of these other things, no big, on the one part of my business, no big hyperscale is going to want to do business with you because yeah. they're going to want you to hand them APIs. They'll ingest it into their system. Yeah. No small customer is going to want to do business with you. Your networks are going to be congested. They're going to be old designs. And that's just a drop in this disruption, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. It's a it's a fantastic time. It's exciting. It's very exciting. We see it here at Opex. I mean, you know, co companies come to us because they're confused and they don't even know where to start. And then <clears throat> you know, we, we, we go down that path. Yeah. And then obviously bring it to folks like yourself, who then take it down to the next level of hybrid cloud, private cloud, public cloud. So so is the right term? I always use the word hyperscaler. Should I stop yeah. using that? Should I just say public cloud? Is that yeah, just, probably public cloud. Just, uh, that's AWS and Azure and yeah. Google, and that's people know that's just the, that's right. It's okay. the it's the Oracle and yeah. IBM, etc. Um, now they'll say, I just heard Eric Schmidt say this um, from Alphabet and Google fame the other day at Hims. You shouldn't walk to the cloud. You should run to the cloud. I don't completely agree with him, but here's what I would say that he's absolutely accurate on, and we would say the same thing. Do not recreate infrastructure that's already been created, that's already been vetted, it's done. We agree, whether that's in the data center business or in the cloud business or the hybrid business, leverage what people whose whole world it is to optimize these systems and this infrastructure. Don't double spend money, that's silly. Right. Um, but here's, you know, five, is reason is three to five years ago, Customers would do all of that in-house. Mm -hmm. Today, real, are you really going to do that? How easy is it to be truly objective? How e as a, as a for yourself, like you're 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 able to manage through your own biases. You're able to manage through what's my business outcomes that I'm really trying to achieve when I move something or don't move something or I evaluate something. 
which public should I go to? Yeah. What, what, what intellectual property, where do I think regulations going in my world that has to stay in-house or we need to prepare for? You know, one of the great tragedies of the Internet of Things mm-hmm. is that not everything that can be connected should be connected. Yeah. And there's spectacular vulnerabilities out there. And so we are seeing in the world today that what our prospects, and I'm, I imagine yours, and this is at the, from the largest providers on earth, down to very small folks, there's a there's a lack of talent out there because everybody's you know every place you read how do we find talent that can either build it or manage it or whatever so they want someone to come along that uh, can help them through their bias and their perspective to just first do an assessment yes long time ago it was yep. just manage it for me I got an yep. idea what I want to yep. do no help me with assessment where should it go and why should it go there yes two. Share the risk with me to get it there. Please, whatever that looks like, help me mitigate risk. And what's my back out plan? And we'll talk about that at length this evening, but help me to get it there. And then once it's there, I may need some of your help or a lot of your help in managing it. More and more folks. And what we want to do is come alongside and not like we're replacing their talent or whatever. We just want to augment it. Take your talent and turn it into learning what my business outcome is or what the template should be. The rest of it just commoditize and let us roll up to the public cloud infrastructure that should be there and roll over into co-location or some hybrid cloud solution. Connect it all together and get out of the way and let you go about making money for your business. The cool thing about that is I've literally just left the meeting an hour ago and and this is what the customer, the client, and your end user is asking for. Of course. You know, I mean, this is, I mean, you you literally nailed it. So I want to go back to one thing you said. I mean, it's hard to be a CIO right now, CTO. Um, You know, they're under a tremendous amount of pressure. Yeah. Uh, You know, just think about everything, you know, staffing, you know, talent. Security. I mean, we could spend hours on security alone. So when it comes to public cloud, yeah, what type of things should they really be looking at or maybe investigating when they go, hey, you know what? We can't do this on our own. Sure. We do need help. What does help look like? You know, what questions should they be asking? You know, when they're looking at these providers, it's hard to differentiate. So maybe talk about that. You know, so I'll keep it really simple because um, we could spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Loaded question, but, I but I, um, yeah, and I guarantee you, people that are listening says, oh, "I can't believe you didn't include these five things or twenty things wow. or whatever." But let's just keep it a few things simple, and I'm gonna start with the obvious stuff. One is, um, so there's a statistic that, and I, I'm generally not a big statistics person because you can make anything. You know, it's like yeah. reading a line out of any religious book you want, and I'm gonna build a whole belief system on this. It's the same idea, but here's something that's important to know. Um, of the folks that go to a public cloud and invest in it and staff for it and whatever, a significant portion of them come back out of the cloud. Why is that? Well, because it was a temporary application. It was never meant to be, and they didn't have that clearly defined ahead of time. Right. Um, it, why should I go to Azure over AWS? Well, is, Azure gonna, is Microsoft going to give you a couple years worth of credits? Yeah. I've seen this happen where they're like, like there's a war. Are you primarily a Microsoft shop, an enterprise shop? Mm-hmm. You go over here to one provider, and that may be like a tax. By the time you add up all your licensing fees and whatever, yeah. 
Um, what's the performance requirement? Is your app, what if your apps can move to a SaaS or, or something else where you don't even yeah. go to a Salesforce or whatever? Yeah. So you have to be able to go through that, as we were saying earlier, and do an evaluation. What am I trying to accomplish? Do my apps fit? How long am I going to have them here? Does regulation let me do it? Just because AWS and the others offer PCI, are your customers going to allow that? Does that bit of data, can it live generically over here in S3 or whatever? Right. Or do I need to be able to point to the blocks that it lives on or the array or the spindles or whatever? And I got to have a certificate of destruction. On and on and on. This is traditional block and tackling. But so many times there's so much pressure from the board or from your constituents. Move to the cloud, move to the cloud, move yeah. to the cloud. Was it fog? Is it, you know, it's all yeah. water vapor yeah. and they just rush yeah. in. Yeah. And so um, those are some of the big things. What's the outcome? You know, and this is traditional in any, what's my plan? What's my business plan? And how long should I live there? Somebody was telling me the other day, well, you know, um, Groupon and Dropbox and others here in the cloud, they moved out. Yeah, it's an outlier though, right? I mean, their enterprise gets so big at some point. Right. Facebook gets tipping, so big yeah, at some a point, point. They go build their own or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think for most enterprises, there is an opportunity for some or significant portion of their environment to live in one of the public clouds. Yeah. But they just need to go through and ask themselves, what apps are we gonna use? Who does it best fit? And if all things are equal, Who's giving me the better deal? You know, Microsoft is very interested in wooing you. I just heard somebody say the other day, it was so funny. I was a part of the conversation, but I overheard it. This this person said to um, the CTO of security for Microsoft was at the panel. He was speaking, and somebody said, "Well, how do you see your competitors? You know, you guys, the big three. He said, "The big three. It's just us and AWS." And he said, "Well, I was thinking of Google." And the Microsoft guy kind of chuckled. I don't want to put words in his mouth. You know, he wasn't disrespectful. He was kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not right there. If I, I would not be poking the Google bear if I were them, right? Because they are, um, they absolutely, 95% of the world's data, oh, yeah. you know, searching goes through Google. Yeah. But in all of those cases, can I use a AWS's open uh, stack? Do I need to use VMware? Mm -hmm. On and on down the road. Those are the things that I'm evaluating. And how long am I going to live there? Um, you so know. you think, I mean, and that's why QTS made a shift that they just made. Do you think that was a hard decision? I don't want to put you on the spot. Mm. You know, for QTS, was that a hard decision? Uh, cool. or It is. Yeah. It is, but it isn't, right? So you've got, look, the, I, I heard somebody say this. The facts don't care about your feelings, right? You've got to look at your balance sheet. You've got to look at... Um, uh, what should we, just like we ask our customers to do, what are your core competencies? What should you be investing in? What's going to give you the greatest return on investment? So in, the, in that sense, when they do an evaluation, um, the leaders of our organization, where should we, you know, we've spent hundreds of millions of dollars just in the last year building data centers, building this um uh, software-defined data center platform that we've been talking about, investing in that heavily connectivity option, software-defined uh, networking, all of these other things. You look at the competitive landscape, you look what, you know, where could we compete? What would it take to us and for us to invest in chasing those things? And is that the best return? Um, what's heartbreaking about it is, you know, Every organization says it's about their people and it's about culture and whatever. I get it. And I'm not going to discredit that. But in our case, I'm employee number 32 at QTS. Wow. 
I've been there for a long time. Some of the people that are impacted by this change are people that I love. I know their kids. Mm-hmm. I know them. They know me. We're, we're, we're a little big company. Um, and we know each other. And, and so some of our customers have begged us, please don't, you know, we love you yeah. and let's work through this. Fortunately, we found a fantastic partner that's coming alongside and is taking this business and it's going to keep it in our data centers and our engineers um, have an opportunity to join them. But that's the hard part of it because it really does matter yeah. to my personal. CEO. It's yeah. very personal. But we got to do what's right for our customers in the long run. We got to do the right thing for our shareholders. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's impacted. We've, we've had to move some things around, but we want to do it elegantly. We want to do it in a way that, that is not interrupt, uh, an interruption for our customers. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think that's going to bear out when a company has to make change and adjustments. When you've got the courage to do it, so your shareholders believe in you. Yeah. But you do it in an elegant way so your employees and your customers believe in you. I think it'll just make us better and stronger. That's good. So uh, maybe second to last question. Uh, when we prepared for this panel, we talked about the edge. You, I mean, did you address <laughs> the edge? Because, you know, we're not talking you two here. Sure. Right? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Dave uh, Evans, the edge. Um, what, well, let me ask you, Rich, what's the edge? Oh, man. Uh, you put he's, me on the spot. I'm a, supposed to put you on the spot. He's not a five foot seven Irishman. No. Uh, no. I mean, you know, uh, well, it, it means a lot of things, but uh, it, and I, I could go down a rabbit hole and I won't, but we've talked a lot about, you know, it, it's software defined. You know, SD-WAN is obviously a hot topic for a lot of our mm-hmm. clients right now. And a lot of the conversations that we have is, you know, you've got to plan your network, you know, for SaaS, IaaS, PaaS, you know, is your network ready for that? And, yeah. you know, your applications and how you're going to manage them. So... You know, everything's at the edge, but, you know, but, your network definitely has to be... But where's the edge? So here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you off the hook. This is what's fun about this business. Yeah. So three or four years ago, we would declare the edge as some geographical thing. And then we would also say it's in a data center that looks like this. Okay. <clears throat> really? Well, today, so data centers... And it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But they themselves are going to have to go through an evolution. So what's a data center going to look like? Well, there are going to be all kinds of them. There are going to be little bitty micro ones. Somebody will declare, and I'll come back and talk about that in a second. It's going to be all these cell phone tower little spots. Maybe. Talk about that. And then there are these 500 kW to 2 megawatt or 3 megawatt, kind of the edge connects and DC blocks, another kind of model that I'm familiar with. And they love to go to tier 2 or tier 3 um, locations. Somebody's got to be in Macon, Georgia. Somebody's yeah. got to be out in, uh, you know, whatever, Chapel Hill or maybe Chapel Hill's out the edge. Yeah. But, you know, it's not going to be in Charlotte. It's not going to be in Atlanta. It's going to be in these tier 2 or tier 3 markets. And once upon a time, you know, data centers forever were basically built on the military and finance model. You know, it's got to be 2N and it's got to have all of this other stuff. More and more um, organizations are saying, not only do I not need 2N, I don't really even need N plus 1. Concurrently maintainable. What? That's heresy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, it's true because my application is following the AWS model where they do a three-node environment with one or two competitors in a marketplace. And their applications, not only within that footprint, are this rack is one set and this rack is another and they're distributed across that data center. Then they're distributed across data centers. And so they're all just dots on the map. 
So it's not if this environment fails, I've got to fail my whole thing swinging over. Nope, I lost 3% of productivity. I'm inoculating myself yeah. from network constraints and you know malware and whatever, just operational challenges by distributing across a region. So where in that is the edge? It's eventually going to be, if it isn't already, it's just going to be a mesh. And back to my earlier point about all these cell phone towers and whatever, no disrespect intended for any major cell phone provider. But one of the things that's happening in the world today is whenever you look at, um, and I'm not a technologist, but I listen to a lot of them, they will talk to you about um, how solar panels, panels, for example, 10 years ago, a solar panel, I'm just going to grab a number, cost a million bucks to do this solar panel. Well, a couple years later, that same solar panel was 10 times more powerful and half as expensive. And on and on and on it goes. The first um, driverless autonomous vehicles were 300 grand to get that system working. Now it's down to about a grand a car. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So the same thing, but what's, what's different? Johnson & Johnson or Procter & Gamble, in order for them to bring a product to market, cost tens of millions of dollars and took years. They're doing, in, not them, but other organizations are coming along now in 90 days, 120 days for fraction of that. So what that illustrates is, my point there is speed and agility and and flexibility and contract terms that are different. Everything's changing. So are these big giant cell phone companies going to be able to really move that fast? Maybe. But what's just as likely is that entrepreneurs are going to come along and either do a JV with them. So they just say, okay, here's the keys to the thing and you go do it. Or they'll just set up little pods in buildings because they don't have to be concurrently maintainable. They don't have to have liquid cooling. They'll go from low density to high density. Those cars, those autonomous vehicles are going to have supercomputers in them. They're not going to push four terabytes of data all the way up to a mega data center like me, but they'll push some of it. Um, In the case I've seen my 19-year-old drive, probably more than I can (laughs) afford. But, right, so my point is, and this is one of the funnest things to talk about is the future. Because we're talking about the past, you can prove me wrong pretty easy. My wife does it every day. (laughs) But in the future, who knows exactly? But I believe, and I am sure history will bear out, the edge is just going to be a mesh. The edge for me may be my million square foot data center, or it may be for that vehicle, right? Wherever that content is, depending on the type of content, um, it's just going to be, the edge is everywhere. There's not going to be an edge. It's just going to be an overlapping mesh. Well, I, I appreciate you defining that for me. That's uh, it's, it's a great way to look at it, and it's exciting. It definitely is. So it's funny, and we'll end with this. Um, we've done some internal OPEX employee podcasts, they all they all hate it, but they do a great job. And I've asked all of them, you know, because we're in technology, yeah. autonomous driving. Yeah. Are you an early adapter? Are you, you know, the, the new iPhone comes out or Android or whatever it is, and you're online all night because you want to be the early adopter and say you have it, or are you wait and see? What about you? I mean, you're in technology. I am. Um, yes and no. It's my favorite answer, yes and no. Why do I say yes and no? I'm learning, so I'm learning that. For me, I enjoy... I have a F-250, I have um, uh, a bunch of uh, off-road vehicles, and I have, um, uh, you know, I, I like the illusion of independence, and I don't do a lot of things in my vehicle. At the same time, I have a 15, 17, and 19-year-old daughters. I could not imagine an autonomous vehicle, but here's what's really attractive to me, and this is what's very intriguing. Um, if I don't have to buy them a car... 
and I don't have to pay insurance, and I don't have to find a place to park it, and the safety is there, and the security is there. Um, My oldest daughter, who's driving my little Ford Escape to and from the University of North Georgia while we figure out if she's going to be a good student or not, several of her friends Uber to school. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. They Uber to work. Yeah. It's two bucks, three bucks, oh, yeah. but they do it all the time. Like, yeah. first of all, why would you want to be an Uber driver doing it? doesn't matter. A lot of their friends are Uber drivers. Yeah. Yeah. And they pick them up and they drive them and they, they're in and out or Lyft or whatever. It's blowing my it's, mind. So whether it's them or their kids. Yeah. But here's what I loved. I just saw this not long ago. Um, Airbus and others are making drones. Now, I'm over 300 pounds, so they're going to have to get some serious blades on that sucker. But you're a skinny guy. They'll pick you up easy. But these two-person or four-person drones, yeah. like literally, you mark my words, in the, and, and they're a couple hundred grand, which is not an insignificant, yeah. insignificant amount of money. But could you imagine if four or five of your buddies, and you work downtown, like in California, yeah. They, these guys drive down from Sacramento together. They stay in the city in San Francisco or whatever. Yeah. They rent an apartment. Yeah. But what if you could just have your drone fly in? You don't have to know how to fly. It picks you up. The four of you hop in. You co-share this thing. It's mostly electrical. It flies in just like a robot. It's over the traffic. It's got a ballistic parachute, blah, 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 blah. All the How easy is it going to be for that smart city? Because it's just going to set you down. And then it's going to hover charged on solar power or whatever and out of the way or go to a mega data center and dock or whatever that's 20 years ago if you said that to somebody they'd be like yeah right i'll believe it when i see you can just call a car from your phone (laughs) and maybe start your car remotely sure that'll happen so first week of that drone it could you know there's one that can pick you up are you using it are you waiting? If I can use it, I'm using it. Okay. Because I dig okay. it. I'm not always an early adopter, but for that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. heck to the yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, Dave, we are super excited for tonight. Uh, for all those who can't be here live and in person in, in Raleigh and Durham, North Carolina, you just got a great preview of what we're going to be talking about. And uh, we appreciate your time. We appreciate traveling. Great pleasure. And, uh, it was a good conversation. Thanks, Rich. So, hey, uh, check this out on uh, our website, opextechnologies.com. I'm sure it will be on social media. I'm sure we'll get it out in the Apple iTunes and all those fun places. So uh, check us out. Leave us some comments. Let us know what you thought. Thanks. Thanks.